Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. It's Ryderville, day number one as the uh, team rooms are opening up, and I can guess we can officially say that uh, Grey Cup 109 is underway in terms of the party aspect. This show is brought to you by our good friends at spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM, and you'll get a bunch of promotional offers. If you want to text us and be interactive, please do so on the Capital Ford Lincoln text line at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. That number is 936-6262. And uh, our guests, when they join us on the hotline, it's presented by Western Pizza. To my broadcast right is the color commentator on the BC Lions radio network and one of my favorite guys in the CFL, Julio Caravata. I like you so much. I'm going to have a proper intro for you. How do you feel about this? This, this is something else for me. Yeah. This is quite a treat. Yeah, well, he's the godfather of football. <laughs> you, know what, you know what happens when you're the godfather, right? It means you're old. <laughs> That's or, what it means. Or you take a swim with cement boots <laughs> yeah, exactly. at the end, right? <laughs> All right. So, their 30th year with 40 members... And I know our team isn't in the game, but we do have the spirits of the Grey Cup here exhibited by our good friends, the Ryder Pep Band, and it is the song celebration. Take it away, gang.
Good job. Ryder Pepper. Thank you. Yeah, in their 30th year, 40 members, and they'll be out and about. They'll kick off the show again tomorrow. Thank you, guys and girls. Take Thank care. Thank you very much. All right. So there you go. And wow, I'll tell you what. Feel... I'll tell you what, man. This does feel like Great Cup it now. Does. And Julio, you've been to many more than me, played in this league. I feel like Regina is the best place to have this thing post pandemic. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it, it's just, you know, I mean, there's such a sense of pride in this city. Um, we we talk about it all, you know, throughout the season. Um, you know, you talk to anybody who's involved with the league, this is their favorite place to come because as soon as you step off the plane or however you get here, um, you know, everybody is so involved. They're so invested. They love the game. They want to talk about it. There's just such a great feel. And, and here, when you come here, you know that you're in a great cup because everywhere you go, everybody knows why you're here. Everyone's just so like, what can I do to help you out? Where do you need to go? Can I drive you there? And then when you get to some of these events, you, everybody you run into is just, they're just, they're just, they want to celebrate and have a good time and know where you're from. And, and it's just, I, you know what I want to do one year? Ballsy, I want to do this. I want to come here, not make a hotel reservation. I don't want to Airbnb. I want to put out an ad and say, hey, listen, if someone got a room for for, for rent. You're going to stay at my house. I know, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that to me, like yeah. that, that would be the ultimate because you know people here would open up their homes. You'd have dinner with them. They just, oh, yeah. you know, that's what it's all about. I'm meeting a fan from Moose Jaw on Saturday. He's coming down. He said, I, I'm not a weirdo. He said, his name's Ryan Douglas. He listens to the show. Me and my girlfriend want to come down and take in the festivities, but we couldn't think of a better thing to do than go for a couple of drinks with the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Never met the dude in my life. Cool. He does listen to the show. So I said, okay, after my son plays his college game, I'll be done watching it. I'll meet you somewhere, and we'll go for a Good couple for of drinks. That's, Good for, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all that, about. This is, this is, to me, this is a just a great piece of Canadiana. Yeah. And anybody that hasn't been to one of these, you need to go. I mean, obviously, every city does a good job. Of course they but do. But here, it's just a little different. So, tip of the cap to your owner, Amar Doman. We've talked about he'd been on the mm-hmm. show regularly. But, I mean, this guy has gone above and beyond. 30,000 people at the game. He, I mean, let's be honest. He, he, he football was dead in Vancouver. Football was dead. He basically created a party. He, he Listen, he threw a concert. There was a football game after to start the season. Yeah, the attendance wasn't huge, but it was, it was good. Yeah. It was healthy. People are watching now. Ratings are up. And then a kick in the groin. Looks like Nathan Rourke's gone. <laughs> How's the organization, that's, organization feeling that, that, that's, that? That's a two-parter. Okay, yeah. so first off. What he was able to do was he put his money where his mouth is, most importantly. Yes. Because what he was doing is he was subsidizing the food. He was he was making drink specials affordable mm. so that, you know, the fans could get excited about coming down there and just not feeling like you, you, you paid $500 for, you know, for four tickets. and Like you got soaked. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, here, here he is subsidizing some of that to make the experience better and that is one of the overwhelming things that I heard from most of the friends and and, and people that I know that went to games I went with my family of four I ate I parked and under 150 bucks like come on are you kidding me like that's that's what it's all about Here's and what I hear in Vancouver. Oh, it's not. Soccer's overtaken it. Has soccer overtaken no. football? No, it has not. Um, whoever's taught, whoever's told you that is, you know, dipping into the fireball. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it hasn't. And here's and here's the other part is you you talk about it's the correlation of putting a great fan experience together 
and also having a great football experience. Yeah. And so that's also what's changed in Vancouver. Is that, you know, there's no denying what Nathan Rourke did for this franchise. Those first nine games were as electrifying as I've seen any at any year Remi- that I've done. Reminded it. me of the Roy DeWalt, Mervin Fernandez. It, it was that kind of excitement, right? Yeah, and yeah. and so when you have that level of excitement married with a great off-field experience, then that's when you have magic, right? And I think what it just proved to everybody was. But there are fans in Vancouver. They will come, mm-hmm. but it, they're, they're, it has to be a good product, um, and it has to be a competitive product, and that's the challenge that every single team has. Um, I feel like it could work in Toronto if they put an effort in, because they had 21,000 there. They, what, and that, was, so what does that tell you? And it wasn't a fake 21,000 either. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so there, there, there are fans out there, but and Amar has said it, you sometimes are going to lose a little bit in the beginning as far as like your money because you got to invest. Oh, he's losing money. You, you, but you got to invest in that, right? Yes. I coach it I coach at the high school level. And what he has done getting high school kids to the football games is extraordinary. But now my high school team, the majority of kids, they're at every game. Right? And not only are they at every game, like they now they you you can get season tickets for for cheap. And so, as a family, you're saying, "Hey, this is if my kids gonna is if they're that interested, I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in that because there's not very many places that you're gonna go for nine games and you can go for under two hundred bucks season tickets." It's messaging, though. We have to be on the same page. We have these are world class athletes. This is the this is the most storied football league in all of professional football, and it is the second best football league in the world. That is no question the, stood the test of time. So we can't. I don't like the comparison with the NFL. I, feel no, like, I well, had this conversation yesterday with yeah, somebody, Baldy. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, we had we we met up yesterday. Yeah, we, it was we, great. Talked, we talked for what about a good two and a half hours. Be- the best time I had. I was, yeah, I was, it was happy. Awesome. But I, I, that's another thing I, I don't like is people when they say. Well, the and listen. Can we please? Start? They're two different games, and it's great. Both it, are they're great. They're great. You want to watch it? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. But it's the the player is different. The, the the rules are different. The strategy is different. They're just different games. So accept it for what it is. They're both like I I can't. It just drives me crazy. Would be oh, the CFL the mother the second you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, um, you I've, I've said this. If you put a zero behind. An extra zero behind Brian Burnham's contract, or Geno Lewis, or 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 Keon Hatcher. All of a sudden, people are like, he goes from eighty thousand to eight hundred thousand. Ooh, ooh, this guy must be pretty good. Ooh, he must yeah. be pretty good. Yeah, that's like, exactly that, 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 that right. Kind of, it, it, it's to, it's totally true. That's exactly right. It dri- it, it actually drives yeah. me nuts. No, uh, I um, you know what? I was BC Lions are always my uh, they your second always, favorite. They've always been my second favorite team. Always, uh, from the unis to everything. I remember the first football game I ever went to. Would have been 1982 live, walking up the steps at Old Taylor Field, and you're in the, it's dingy and dark as you come up the ramp, and then you come up the steps, and there's the light, and ooh, there's I uh, who'd have been the court, there's Huffnagel and Barnes, and then over there's DeWalt and yeah. you know Pankratz and all, and you're like the orange and the oh wow this see, is awesome. See, right? this is that that was exactly the same for me at Old Exhibition Stadium in Toronto when I used to see. Conrad Holloway, yeah. Joe Barnes, and Terry Greer. Yeah, um, all those all those great players. And you're right. When you're a kid and you have that kind of experience, hey, I remember going to Exhibition Stadium. There'd be forty five, fifty thousand people there to watch a blue or a, a, an Argos game. Um, so it's uh, 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's there. I, I really, truly believe the fans are there. And, um, you know, Vancouver and, and now, now Toronto, if they can get it turned around, and it looks like they've done what they needed to do with the football team. And arguably, you could say the best fan base in the CFL this year is not the Riders, no disrespect, not the Blue Bombers. The Well, BC's been good. The Ottawa Red Blacks oh. have been a crappy team at home. Edmonton's been crappier, but Ottawa's been crappy, and they still had yeah. eighteen to 20,000 fans yeah. a game, which I, is I crazy. Really, and I really hope for their sake that they get rewarded next year. They've just had some terrible luck. And any time you lose your starting quarterback, yeah. you're going you're gonna to have a huge... Because they lost a lot of close games. Yeah. And if they have their starting quarterback, it might be a whole different story. Yeah. Okay, before we go to break, Nathan Rourke tonight, outstanding Canadian against yeah. Curly Gittins Jr. I think he should win it. I know he didn't play a full season. I don't give a crap about that malarkey. He is the best Canadian in the league. No disrespect to Curly Gittins Jr. Yeah, he had a great year. Heck of a player, but Nathan's the guy. At the marquee position, he had had an unbelievable he year. Did. Even nine, even the nine games or ten games that he played. So you finally got to talk to him today. Tell me about that. Yeah, it was great. We 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 were in line like everybody else to try to talk to him, uh, um, and uh, you know we thought we were going to get him after the awards, yeah, uh, like everybody else. And so by chance we were set up in the Delta Hotel there, and that's where all the award uh, finalists are, are staying. Yeah. So we were just saying, hey, what do you think the chances of us getting Nathan tonight? And where I was going, there's going to be a lot of people. I, I I'm get I'm getting maybe. It's a it's a thirty seventy that we get him. Yeah, like it's just not going to happen. <laughs> sure enough, just as I said that, he pulled up in a in, in a cap, and I said, "There he is." So we went racing over to him, and he was great. You know what? Honestly, Ballsy, he was a great guy. It, it, what? But it it was different even talking to him. It's amazing the difference talking to him today, and I talk to him every week. Yeah, how much more relaxed he was, and it just goes to show you the intensity of which he prepares for every week, like. He is just so driven and so competitive. Like even when you talk to him during the week, there it doesn't seem like he relaxes. You know what I mean? Like when you, you know when mm-hmm. you know you talk to players all the time. Yeah. Like you soon, you know what I mean? When you get a player after practice, he's, but he's just there's always an edge to him, and not a, not in a bad way, a, a good way. He, he's just competitive and he wants to be the best, and he and he prepares and he drives himself. But you could have seen today there was a difference in him. There, he had a smile on his face. He was relaxed. And obviously the big news about him is is what's going to happen the next couple of weeks, right? Think, he, you think he's, he's got, gone? Think he's, he's, got, gone? he's got over 20 teams that yeah, are interested. he's got to be gone. But it was interesting listening to him today because what he did say to us was this, that he is not just going down there to wear a T-shirt. Yep. And I think Nathan is, you know, he's he's one of these kids that, is really going to look at his opportunities and where he's going to get a potential tryout. Yeah. And he's going to say, is this a legitimate cha- chance for me? Yeah. Because the other big overriding factor, and he made very clear to us, he wants to play. Oh, he told he's me not, that he, he's, he's not going to go somewhere and sit there and just waste away. He won't do that. So, uh, okay, hold on, let me rephrase that. He will do it if there's enough zeros behind the yeah. contract. But you're, obviously, but you're 24. You want to play? Yeah, he wants to play. And he, here's the other thing, though: if he somehow finds his way back, his people were some other media were were, were not in insinuating agreement. that we're, they, we're not in agreement with me. So if he comes back, first of all, he won't be making ninety thousand. He his <laughs> next his next contract should start with a six on par with Zach Kalaros. Now you'll say he hasn't won championships. I don't care. He's the reason they had 30,000 at BC Place. He is the biggest draw ratings-wise and around the league. He is the Connor McDavid of the CFL, not yes. Zach Kalaros. He should be paid on par or more and than he, anybody and, else. And he will. 
contract. Yeah, and he will. Well, people are saying he shouldn't because he hasn't earned it yet. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of guys that get contracts based on a year, and we'll find out. But that, uh, what he does, I would be shocked if if if, if that's a fluke. So, do you think it's a coin flip? He's back, or do you think it's more likely he's not back? Uh, you know what? That's that's a hard question. I I really think Ballsy that he's. He's going to really weigh the offers that he gets and the situation that he's going to be in. He's gonna, yeah. and, and he's going to. I mean, that's all you can do, right? He's so because I think he does. He does hey, find hey, being the face of the league an attractive thing. Oh, and and let's make no bones about like Amar Doman is not going to let him yeah. walk without yeah. you know some type of a big offer, right? He he knows that that's going to be said, but I think a lot of what drives him. Is his past experience? If I don't know, I, we've talked yeah, about this. Yeah. His experience that he went down to the New York Giants, yeah. And when he went down there, he w- thought that he was going to try out as a quarterback. And he went down there for the mini camp right after the draft. And so what he said to himself was, "Hey, listen." Uh, they gave him a tour of the facility, and he thought, "Hey, I'm going to go introduce myself to the quarterback coach. I'm going to go find him. I'm going to spend the yeah. next three or four days with him." Yeah. So he seeks out the quarterback coach. I'm going to forget what his name was, and he said. Um, so he said, hey, you know, I'm Nathan Work. I'm going to be working with you for the next three or four days. I just thought I'd come up and introduce myself. He goes, hey, uh, yeah, you're the kid from Ohio, right? And he goes, yeah. He goes, hey, by the way, we had a mer- per- personnel meeting this morning. Uh, you're going to be playing receiver. Um, so you need to go talk to uh, such and such. And he was just like, what? Like he was so disappointed and just thought, you know, here he was. And he, st- and he stuck it out. He ran receiver routes for four days. They ran him into the ground, he said. It left such a bitter taste in his mouth that I think all a lot of this is that he he needs to he needs to prove to himself that he that, could. And and I said to him what a, what a, a, a I said for his own well being with over twenty teams maybe two dozen teams that are interested I said that must feel awfully good from the last time that you walked out of an NFL building he goes yeah really good can't wait right, can't wait right like you know yeah. and that's and that's and yeah. that says a lot about him so I, I as again I I don't know what kind of an I don't know one. What kind of uh, situation you'll go to? But balls you. The other thing, and you, you, you and I know this. You need somebody in your corner. Yeah. You need somebody high up on the on the yeah. chain that believes in you. Yeah. And if he gets that, if he has a general manager who's seen his tape and says, "Hey, listen. Yeah. I want to see this guy." And yeah. if they see him and they like him, they're gonna say, "Hey, Here this kid's go. gonna here's this kid's gonna yeah. get a shot." We're gonna get Julio's thoughts on the Grey Cup coming up next. Is Zach Claros didn't practice again today? Is that a big deal? Julio knows he played in this league. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on six twenty. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty six twenty CKRM. Time to get to our clutch performance. And Colson back at the station. My fault there. It's on the sheet. Let's get to the game last night in Edmonton where Trevor Moore had quite the night. Good rookie season for John Mercy. Here's a belt coming and that's in. So good work down low. We've talked about the cycle game. Both teams are going to try and get to it. And Moore just slips into a quiet space. Healing that puck in. Jersey giving it up. Harvinson open. Moore shoots and scores. Driven off the stick. Deneau feels it clear. Unforced error. Hyman knocked it down. Less than a minute to go. It squirted loose. Kick to Moore for the hat trick. He scores. 
First ever hat trick for Trevor Moore and the LA Kings. They beat the Oilers 3-1. to It's brought to you by Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey, Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077. Back with the color commentator on the BC Lions Radio Network, Julio Caravata. Just before we get back to football, it's going to kind of tie into football. In that game, the former Canuck, Alex Edler, who's been known to be dirty at times, knees Connor McDavid, the best player in the world, okay? They didn't give him a five-minute major. They gave him a minor. The Oiler guy, Nurse, comes over to fight him to, you know, which he should, yeah. and it was just an even-up situation, so he really wasn't penalized. Drives me nuts about, like, officials are necessary parts of the game. i never been official, so I kind of watch. I, I'm critical of them, but in the NHL, just call the penalties. You don't need, you wouldn't have fighting if you just called the penalties. Like, give the guy the five-minute yeah. penalty. If you you get him off the ice, and that's the end. Yeah, of it. yeah. Like in football, whether you like it or not, if you hit a quarterback around the knees, you're gone. You're yeah. done. You're like Marino got kicked out. Yeah. Uh, there's penalties uh, that drives me nuts about yeah, hockey. I mean, that's, yeah. Crazy. Well, and the other thing too is what's I didn't see I didn't hear that, but this McDavid. Yeah, yeah he's fine. He's fine. Okay. But I'm just saying that's the star player. You think yeah. they let you take run yeah. rough shot over Brady yeah, or yeah, 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 or, yeah. or Nathan there's Rourke? Con- there's, there's consequences. Nathan Rourke. Okay, so let's get to this now, my friend. Uh, today's uh, practice today, Nathan or uh, Zach Claris. We'll hear from him a little later on. He said he'll be okay, but he didn't practice again. So that's two. So he gets hurt in the West Final when there's eight minutes to go in the game, and there you're you're there in the broadcast booth. He takes two steps out of the field, and it's like he got electrocuted. He walks right back, and then he doesn't practice to start Grey Cup week. People say, don't worry about it. He's a veteran. I say he's in doubt if he plays or not. I, I say worry about it. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. Um, hey, you're right. I was there. I saw the injury happen. I saw the replay in super slow-mo, and I can tell you right now that, you mean, that wasn't just his ankle, it was his knee too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I understand that that uh, they say, hey, he might, he he may be fine for the game, but he ain't gonna be 100. percent Yeah. There's no way. There's no way. Like, we've both been around long enough. When you see a player go back on the field um, after an injury, and you know he may be limping a little bit, but he's not 100. percent He's still able to. You saw him. He didn't he took, go. He took two steps and said, "There's no way." So you mean I could imagine that that thing is is swollen up? It had to have mm-hmm. swollen up, um, and they're probably letting him. They're they're icing and doing everything they possibly can, but um, that changes everything. Well, you know, here's the other thing: it changes everything. But the other part of it too is this weather is not going to be. It's not going to be perfect. It's supposed to be minus one, which isn't bad. How about the wind. Uh, not much wind. Not much wind. Not much wind at all. Jeez. No, it's going to change. Well, remember 2013? It's minus 27 yes, out there right now. This is carbon copy of 2013. Yeah. It was freezing. Yeah. I remember the first minus practice 35. I watched. I watched the Tiger Cats, the very first practice at Old Taylor Field. They were huddled around the heater. As That's soon right. as I watched that practice, I said, this great cup's over. Yeah. It's done. But then you walked from, I did my pregame show from over here, from the soccer center, walked over with the fans, and I'm like, this is hot. I overdressed. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was. You're right. Crazy. So that's, that, that, uh, that changed. I thought it was going to be a little bit windier than that, but. So you know Andrew Harris. I want to go here. Andrew Harris has a Manitoba-sized chip on his shoulder for this game. <laughs> He's obviously a different Andrew Harris than when he was with you guys, the BC Lions. This could be his last game. Might be a swan, a swan song. 
I am picking an Andrew Harris fired up Toronto Argonauts team against a banged up Winnipeg Zach well, that's, Flores team. Th- that that is going to be the game to me is yeah. that or their ability to control the line of scrimmage, right? If Toronto is able to get Andrew Harris going, and you could say the same for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, if they're able to get Grady Oliveira going again, yeah. then you you've got two. You know I mean when I look at them too, they're both so similar. The yeah. way they run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andrew is Andrew. Andrew, arguably, maybe the best Canadian running back that's ever played the game. And I know that's hollowed ground around here. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean, right? He, he is a he is a complete player. He's a guy that can hurt you in a lot of different ways. And and obviously, um, he's not. He's, he wasn't thrilled about the way things ended in Winnipeg. He wanted to end his career there, and it didn't work out. Um, you know, we talked to him as well a few days ago or yesterday, and he, you know, I mean, he said, "Listen, you know, I mean, uh, I, I was bitter, and sure, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be amped up to play this game." He goes, "But you know, uh, I, I want to do it for my teammates. I, I'm, I'm not going to do anything to go out of my way. I'm just going to play my game, and um, that's, I think, that's what you're going to expect from him. But that, I think that's going to be the story of the game: is that the team that can get that line of scrimmage established. And one thing that the Lions weren't able to do against Winnipeg." Um, is you, you've got to have first down success, right? You cannot you cannot com- play against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in that defense if you're second and seven plus, because they're just gonna they're they're gonna you're gonna you're playing right into their hands. But if you can get that first down positive yards, you know you're getting that five yards, six yards a carry or however you do it. Now all of a sudden on second down you're throwing hitch passes, you're throwing yeah. quick screens, you're you're able to dump it down and move the sticks. Yeah. Right. So that's that's I think going to be the key for both these teams, right? And and especially especially for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers if there is no Zach Caleros. That game plan is going to change drastically. So we got about 90 seconds. You've had to uh, claw, uh, claw and scrape when you played as a Canadian guy playing in this league for the Lions. Um, what do you think of McLeod Bethel-Thompson? Like, it's hard for me to believe that he'll be hoisting the trophy. That's well, the only I, thing. I, I, think, I, I will say this about him, though, is that I really respect the journey. Yep. I really respect a, a, a guy who has, has stuck with it as long as he has, and he's been in as many places as, as he has. Yeah. And to let, let's let's be honest. Yeah, there are, there's good and there's bad with uh, McLeod, Beth, but you can honestly say that each and every year he gets better and better and more yeah. a little bit more consistent. Um, there's no questioning whether whether he can spin it. He can spin it. He can throw the ball as well as anybody in this league. So and you know, I'm hearing rumblings too that this might be his yeah. last game. Yeah, he might uh, go down south and uh, be with his wife who yeah. has a great job in Atlanta. Exactly. But I'm just thinking to myself, you know, for him, he's he, the journey's been so long. Yeah. You finally get to a place, and then you're quick. and then you're saying, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> like you know, I mean, he, he yeah. would he's, he'd be easy incumbent yeah. starting quarterback, and I think that's something he's tried to achieve for so many years. So give me your prediction quickly. If no Zach Caleros. Just right now, what we know. We think it's not, if he plays, he's not going to be anywhere near 100. Have, knowing that, I think we're both in agreement he'll probably play, but not to his 100% capacity. What do you think? I'm going, with, I'm going Toronto. Me too, and they're the best. They have, Winnipeg's played in the most great cups. Toronto's won the most great yeah, cups. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, that, that Toronto defense is no joke. No. And getting uh, Winston McManus back yes. at linebacker is going to make a big difference for yeah. them, but... Um, it's going to be a good game, but I, I'm, I'm I got a funny feeling about Toronto. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah me too. I think McCall Bethel Thompson finally going to find. He's going to finally hoist that bad boy. You're one of my favorite guys. Thanks, man. buddy. Thanks for really, coming by. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Balty. Awesome. Take care. We're going to take a break and be back with more in a moment here on the Sports Cage from Ryderville on 620 Street. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. 
This show is brought to you by Spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM and you'll be in the running for a bunch of different promos there at Spreads.ca. Maybe you want to bet on the Great Cup. Last I saw, the line was five and a half. Winnipeg over Toronto. Bombers trying to win their third straight Grey Cup. Argos trying to win their 18th Grey Cup in team history. First since, I believe it was 2017 when they knocked off and shocked the Calgary Stampeders. And that game, I believe, was in Ottawa. My memory serves me correct. We're coming to you live from Ryderville. This thing is... Probably a football field wide and definitely over a football field long. Got entertainment here tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. All the team rooms here on site except for the Spirit of Edmonton as it's over at the Connexus Arts Center. And uh, that's where the awards go down tonight. We're on Dan Clark and Mario Alfred of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are in the running for some awards. I ran into Mario out in the uh, foyer here at the ITC International Trade Center, and he's pretty excited for tonight. All right, so... This game features some familiar names, and you'd expect that in a nine-team league. But this guy played on the Rough Riders' offensive line, and he is now starring with the Toronto Argonauts on their offensive line. Darius Bladick, let's hear from him. You know, uh, it's something that we always, you know, every player wants to achieve. But coming here, coming back to Sask, a place that um, I started, a place that I I didn't know was going to be called my home when I came to the Combine here, you know. Uh, So it's really full circle for me. It's exciting. It's something that I want to get done here uh, with Sask. But now we're going to get it done in Sask. Is there anything about your game that changed after you left Saskatchewan when you went to Toronto? Yeah, um, I went to go train with uh, Duke Manyweather. So I took what I had from Coach Sorrells here, you know, which he did a really good job uh, with me, developing me young. And then I went to Duke Manyweather down in Dallas, Texas, at Destination Dallas, and uh, working with him and just really being able to grow my game, really being able to be confident in my sets. And, you know, the older you get, you find how important that is, you know, to feel real confident and get into your spots, you know. But, uh, yeah, when I, when I was able to get to Toronto, I was able to really, like, just let that go, be able to take that next step and really grow into whoever I am now, you know? One thing that Jeremy O'Day said this year, that offensive linemen, especially in interior, get really better with age. That the back end of their careers are really successful. Do you feel that, you know, that interior linemen get better as the years go on? I, I, I do believe that there's something to that, 100%. You know, every year um, guys that I worked with, you know, guys that I learned from, Brandon Labatt, you know, Dan Clark, these guys, you know, no matter how great people spoke of them, they always found something they were getting better at. There was always another step, you know, and I, I believe in my career, every year that I have, like, it was very big for me to take another step, to go and find that next piece, that extra tool in my box. Um, and the older you get, you just, you know, you're fortunate enough to stay healthy, you're fortunate enough to keep playing this game, you get to keep adding tools to that box, you get to keep adding more and more. So, I do believe there is things that come with time. Looks like you're one of the leaders on the team, or you can be, I don't know you do that on purpose, but you're the first guy out there to celebrate touchdowns, you're the first guy, I know that's your personality, but is it, is it fun to play with this team like that? Oh man, it's a blast. I, I, I love my guys, man. They, they're great, you know, they're, they're honestly great. Um, there's so many personalities and there's so many people from different places like most teams you know but we have found such a groove with each other I do hang out with all the groups it's not just one group I'm not just with my guys I'm normally hanging out with everyone even defensive backs they they know I'm always chilling with them too so how's the transition from living in Regina to living in Toronto big difference you know (laughs) I'll tell you it's it's not easy on the pocketbook (laughs) we're gonna figure this out in that new CBA one day but um, 
we'll maybe we'll make it, we'll adjust house it based on the living places. But it is it is a really big difference, you know. You know, you go. I think my little borough I stay in, Liberty Village, has the same amount of people that you know Regina has in its own. So it's kind of crazy when you put that in perspective. But yeah, it was it was a big difference. You know, I was born in North Jersey and I was raised in Florida, so I wasn't uncomfortable being out here and being wholesome and amazing, amazing, great-hearted people that really made this place home for me for three years. Um, and it's not a hard transition going to Toronto. It's kind of reminded me of like as if I like was an adult in Jersey, if I was like living in New York City, you know. So it, it's been a fun transition. So where do you live in Toronto? Uh, Liberty Village. It's um it's right by BMO. It's uh yeah it's the little borough right right by BMO. So. Do you ever watch Pat Newfell play? Do you ever study his game? Right I have. I, I have watched him. I've always uh I've I've heard about Patty since I've been here when uh, Blue and Dan spoke about him when he played here. So I was always someone that looked at his game, always a fan of his game. He's a hell of a player. Just your thoughts about the, the Blue Bomber defensive line that you're facing this weekend. Yeah. Just your opinion of them, I guess. Um, you know, consistent. You know, hard work. And I think their defense as a whole worked very well together, hence why they've been able to come to back-to-back great cups, hence why they've been able to stay successful. Um, you know, respectfully, they got they got some good guys over there, you know, but you know, whoever lines up in front of us, it's it's not really about the individual. We're, we're ready to go in our minds. Do you feel the key for your offense is the balance if you can attack teams both on the ground and for the air? Yeah. I think that you have to, I think that there's a strong respect that you have to have for both. We're very, I believe in our guys that we have and, I mean, we have some hell of guys on the edge there. We got a great quarterback and you guys know in the backfield, we got a two-headed monster right now that uh, I have shit. I'm excited to block for them, you know. It's just it's a good time and thankful to be out here and be able to do it one more time. Yeah, with a team that's, you know, pinballs the face of the organization, but your <laughs> running backs are a couple wrecking balls, as he said. So that must be fun as an offensive lineman to have a couple wrecking balls there. Man, it's it's a high. You know, it, it's a high. It's like as soon as you get going um, and you just see them, you know, you know that there's going to be a fight. The, the contact is just the initial start. You know, most of the times you think the contact is like, all right, tackle. No, we're, we're going to be rolling. And, uh, you know, those guys work excuse me really really hard and uh you know it's just our offensive line we 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 pick off of that we we feed off of them boys knowing that they're gonna they're gonna not stop they're gonna run through i know it's cliche but you think this game's gonna come down to the battle of the line of scrimmage i believe that thoroughly yes i think that yeah but i think all these big games especially in this type of weather it's gonna come down to who can protect and who can get to the quarterback so yeah down to the trenches and it will come down to the trenches, and Darius Bladick, the former Rough Rider, will play a big role blocking for Andrew Harris and A.J. Olette, who are the uh, two-headed monster that he referred to in the backfield. All right, so you heard him reference Newfeld. Patrick Newfeld, Regina boy, was part of the Rough Riders but was sent to the... Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers in that Alex Hall trade just before the 2013 Grey Cup run. So he missed out on winning a Grey Cup on home turf with the Rough Riders, but has since done pretty well for himself. All-star, and he is on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers juggernaut offensive line, about to, uh, on the verge of maybe getting uh, 
to the podium once again and hoisting the Grey Cup for the third straight time in a row. First time a team would do that three years in a row since the 1978-82 Edmonton Eskimos. Now, uh, we caught up with Patrick Newfell. I just want to say uh, I edited this audio up the best I could. Our only chance getting a hold of him. We had a little issues uh, from the technical side on the uh, league end, but uh, this is the best we could do. Here's Patrick Newfeld. Uh, it's just the next man up mentality. Uh, you know, we trust everyone on this team and off, on, on the offense, and uh, whoever's going to be back there is going to do the right job for us. So, uh, you know, we've had a long season so far, and, and whoever's back there is going to do the job for us. You obviously have a lot of faith in Drew and, uh, and Dakota for what they've been able to do this season. But, I mean, do you have concern when it's possible, you know, when Zach's not there? Is it something that you have to take into consideration as being a possibility that he wouldn't play? I'm not worried about ifs and buts. It's, it's on game day, whoever's going to line up at quarterback. That's who we're, who we're protecting for. So. Knowing that you're not a doctor, Patrick, I'm wondering what, how confident you are that Zach will be understanding. He's going to do the right things to do uh, to get back there. You've, um, you've dealt with this situation before, whether it was Matt Nichols before the struggle with getting injured. You've dealt with key players having key injuries. Most of that's experience and, you know, the next man up mentality that you mentioned plays into these kind of situations regardless of whether Zach's going to be there. I, I think that's exactly it. We've been through a lot of these different situations before, and I think we've had really well so uh, you know we can rely on that previous experience to get us through uh, whatever's going to happen. You mentioned that Zach's going to do the right thing. What have you seen from him with your time uh, through your time with him that, that you know gives you that confidence knowing he's going to do whatever he can to be honest? He, he just always puts his teammates first so he's always going to prepare to make sure that he's ready for, for us as, as teammates and um, he puts in a ton of work whether it's in the film room, the therapy room, in the gym. Um, he's always making sure he's, he's ready to roll so we have 100% trust in him and, and what his processes. It, it, there's no secrets with our offense. Everyone knows um, what's going to happen, and especially those quarterbacks. All three of those guys are extremely tight, and they talk a whole lot. So um, I, I think that knowledge is disseminated pretty pretty evenly, and uh, I think everyone's on the same page. Kind of for me, it's it's kind of come full circle. Starting my my football career here, playing at the Old Mosaic and playing at Luther College High School. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting for me on a personal note to be back here for a great Cup week. Do you get a chance to reflect this week on certain people who have helped you from the city get to where you are today? My old high school coach, Jerry Harris, was just texting me the other day, and um, I still keep in contact with him, so it was cool to, for him to reach out and, and still follow my career, which was pretty special. So him and I have a, a long-lasting relationship, so he's one for sure. Do you know what happened in 13? You got traded before they got to the World Cup. Does this kind of make up for that, or how do you look back on that 13 years? You know, we've had some success in the past, and, and I've spoken about it before about that 2013 year where it was tough at the time that is patrick newfeld luther lion regina boy now winnipeg blue bomber playing in front of friends and family on home turf for a great cup nine years after he was dealt from the riders before they won it here against hamilton on november 24th 2013 by the way this is a big day in uh, the history of the riders uh one good one bad 2007 on this date, the West Final was one rider smoked the Calgary Stampeders on their, pardon me, uh, 2013 on their way to uh, coming home and playing in the home Grey Cup. So that's uh, on November 17th, 2013. And November the uh, 17th, 
2019, not so good. That's when Cody Fajardo had Kyron Moore open in the end zone, but clunk off the crossbar, and the Bombers would escape with a win here, go on to win the Grey Cup, their first of, uh, well, back-to-back Grey Cups with the pandemic thrown in the middle, and they're trying for a 3 P here. So it's a game of inches, or however big a goalpost is, or a crossbar away from winning and losing and dynasties, as it were. All right, when we come back, we'll have more of the sports cage for spreads.ca live from Ryderville here on 620. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Time now for your sports kicker, and it's brought to you by our friends over there at Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. we got NFL football Thursday nighter. Amazon Prime, but you can pick it up on TSN. It's Green Bay home to Tennessee. World Cup, the Canadian men's national team won its final FIFA World Cup tune-up game against Japan. Lucas Cavallini's penalty kick just over the goal line. Provided Canada with an upset 2-1 win in Dubai, the United Arab Emirates. All right, so in the NHL tonight, 14 games on the menu, including these Canadian teams, the Winnipeg Jets home to Anaheim. Columbus entertains the Canadians, the Calgary Flames in Florida against Tampa, and New Jersey on the road against Toronto. Pats are in Winnipeg tonight to take on the ice, continuing their 10-game road trip. Game number two, of course, the Grey Cup here at then Agribition in town. Uh, we'll have the broadcast on 620 CKM following the sports cage with the pregame show with Dante DiCaria. Because of the wind and everything like that, that outstanding drone show they were going to have here for the Grey Cup has been postponed to Saturday, so keep that in mind. we got a great uh, rest of the show lined up here on the other side of 5 o'clock. We'll be joined on the phone by Farhan Lalji to talk about all things CFL, maybe some Nathan Rourke news as well. Uh, we'll hear from Dan Clark and Mario Alford. It is awards night tonight. The hardware gets handed out over at the Connexus Arts Center. Alford up for the Western nominee for Special Teams Player of the Year. Uh, well, the league, nomin- uh, the league award, but he's the Western nominee against uh, Chandler Worthy, who oddly enough, a former Argo, went to the Alouettes and and when Alfred got hurt, Alfred couldn't get back on the roster because Worthy was outstanding. Then we're hoping to be joined by Mike Pinball Clemens. That'll come down at 5.30. He's going to join us on the phone. We'll hear from Glenn Suter, Arash Madani, live on set after 6. So a great show in store. I want to encourage you to come on down here to Ryderville, man. Get a team party pass. Get to all the rooms. Every team is represented down here, including the Atlantic Schooners, uh, as they are every Grey Cup. Uh, and hopefully get a team there soon. We've got a lot of great volunteers. Our own Gloria Evans is here. She's volunteering in the Ryder store. We're going to have the, sta- the stage and the entertainment today, tomorrow, and Saturday here at Ryderville. Our own buddy Dave De La Forest, big fan here, uh, coming down. And we've got the Digital Zone, lots of interaction for uh, the young people, the old people, everybody, man. People's fa- faces are painted. Saw my butter, uh, buddy Dave Haney, one of the great cup policeman walking around here in his garb it's outstanding people are into the spirit of it this is what it's all about the gray cup here in saskatchewan gray cup 109 uh, thanks for having us on we appreciate it the show's brought to you by spreads.ca our text line is powered by our friends at capital ford lincoln 936-6262 the number to text and our hotline is brought to you by western pizza dinner time game time anytime a great time to order western pizza we will be back 
with more of the sports cage from Ryderville on the other side of 5 o'clock here on 620. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the sports cage. Live from Ryderville. Only sports talk show on the scene here. The International Trade Center. What a setup they've got here. All the team rooms under one roof, except for Spirit of Edmonton. They're over at the Connexus Art Center where they've got the awards tonight. We'll get to that in a second. The show is brought to you by Spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM, and you will have a bunch of promo offers that you can use with that CKRM sign-up code. Our text line's powered by Capital Ford Lincoln. Number one Ford dealership at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. And... That number is 936-6262, and all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. Let us head out on that Western Pizza Hotline and talk with TSN football reporter, play-by-play man, Farhan Lalji. Hi, Farhan. How are you? Good, balls. It was good to see you last night at the uh, at the media party. It was fun. Good to catch yeah, up. Was, all, we needed yeah. was, all we needed was Mullinder we could have just wrestled with. Yeah, no kidding. No, it was awesome. Yeah, Luke's a busy guy getting ready for that Legends lunch tomorrow. Yeah, it's always uh, great to break bread and uh, have a couple of laughs with guys that cover the league. It, you know, and that that really is, you've been to Super Bowls, you've been to NFL uh, things, and you know, the NFL, uh, it, listen, I'm not into comparing the two leagues in this sense, but let's be honest. When you go there, I think you said it best. It's like a high-end event that's catered in a Vancouver mansion, and here it's like you're going to East Regina in in a, at a at a basement party where it's very organic and there's something cool about that too, including the way we hang out as reporters and like you know Linecasters Pub downtown Regina. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, when you when you go to the NFL things, you know, these events tend to feel really corporate, right? And you'll get to know you know some some different media people, but you don't know everybody, right? And and I mean, and I've I've covered the NFL for a while, so I'm not new being dropped into that scene. But there's 80% of the people there you just don't know or have or have any kind of relationship with. You can walk into one of these things and you feel like you know everybody, right? And it's it's a real collegial fraternity and atmosphere. And you know we we all kind of lean on each other from time to time over the course of the season and just to kind of get insights on the various teams and what have you. And it's uh, it's a good brotherhood. I enjoyed. So it was good catching up with a lot of people, including yourself. This league is great. I mean, we're all, uh, you know, in terms, not us, but the, the teams compete against each other and you have, you know, excited fan bases, for instance, like Regina and Winnipeg, Manitoba. But at the, in, at the end of the day, it's such a small league. It feels like we're all in it together in, in some sense. Yeah, no, it's true. And, you know, and I think that one of the things about this league and that's, you know, from everything that it's been through, I think we all, you know, you can talk about people being homers for their respective teams. So that's fine. But I think generally we're all homers of the league, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when you get like a, you know, a Nathan Rourke story or, or whatever, like everybody kind of gets invested and, in, you know, when, and you certainly come to Grey Cup and everybody wants it to succeed regardless of who's in the game and what cities are there, right? You just want the events to go well. You want the, um, just the entirety of Grey Cup week and all of it to, to be like that. So I think, 
I think that's kind of an extension of what you're talking about. So it's bittersweet, this Nathan Rourke thing. We'll get into the game in a second, Farhan. But, I mean, listen, we want the kid to succeed. He's a, he's an outstanding young man. He had a great nine games here. And he's going to get a chance to go back to the NFL and not train as a receiver, but get a chance to work out <laughs> as, as a quarterback. Um, but it is kind of bittersweet for the Lions because Amar Dolman sure. put a lot of sweat equity and money into this thing. and But now Nathan Rourke is probably, I don't want to say he's good as gone, but a pretty good chance of that many teams are interested in looking at him yeah no i tend to agree i mean it, it as a guy that's been so close to that market and that franchise um you know i wanted to see the market do well it wasn't necessarily being a, a lions cheerleader it was when mm-hmm. the thirty thousand people show up and there's success for the franchise i think that's a good thing for the entire league so when when i look at it yeah it is, it's absolutely bittersweet it's the right way to describe it and i think everyone's going to be cheering for him uh nbc even if they're upset that he's gone and um, I, I do think he's got a real high probability of getting signed, right? Because when you've got that many teams interested, as you say, and I, I think you know that's more than two dozen teams inquiring. That doesn't mean all those teams want to bring him in. And some will, some who do want to bring him in will be scared off by the injury. That's just reality. But I would expect him to get eight to ten uh, in-person tryouts. And from that, I think one or two teams are going to be the right situation that want to sign him, right? And, you know, we've talked about before because you know you know Nathan as well, right? And you know he wants to play. And he's not stupid to think he's going to walk in as a starter. The Warren Moon era is over, right? Like, guys can't do anything in the CFL that will allow them to command a starting position in the NFL. It doesn't work like that anymore. So his best case, as I've outlined many times, is, you know, get as clear a path as possible, a realistic shot as possible to a number two job. Right, and that so, so far, and let me stop you. Let me stop you because we were talking about this off the air, and you uh, explained it pretty well. So, do it for my listeners here. So, what would give me a couple of examples? And you don't have any inside knowledge; we're just speculating here. Yeah, yeah. But give me a couple of examples of where you could see him landing, where it might make sense for him and the team. Yeah, and you know, so it's easy for people to look at the bottom of the NFL rosters, or sorry, the standings, and say that's where he should go. He should go to New Orleans, or he should go to Houston. That's not where he should go. He needs to go where there's a mid-level starter and where there's no pressure to draft a quarterback. So you look at a situation like Seattle. So Seattle's got Geno Smith, and Geno Smith's having a fantastic year. Many people thought he was just a stopgap to next year's draft class, which was so much better than last year's draft class. But Geno Smith has played so well, and everybody in that locker room is so in love with him, the club is going to start looking at extending him. So if you wind up extending Geno Smith for, let's say, three years on a $20 million a year deal or whatever that happens to be, you know now you're not drafting a guy in the upcoming draft. So it's a perfect situation for a guy like Nathan Rourke to roll in as a backup. The Denver Broncos aren't looking at a quarterback in the draft next year. Perfect situation for Nathan Rourke to go into. Um, Daniel Jones probably has to get extended in New York, right? He's done just enough, and he's young enough that they're not going to draft the guy, right? You know, you don't want to. You know, you don't want to go to a place like Tampa. Tampa's got to draft the guy, right? Uh, you know, the, the Packers. What are they going to do with Jordan Love, right? You don't want to go to a place where there's been somebody in the last couple of years, or even a Kansas City where where Patrick Mahomes is so young that you're so reliant on an injury uh, to a guy like him or Josh Allen. So think about those situations where they don't have a ton of name value all the way through the roster, and that they don't have places or uh, a pressure to draft a quarterback, right? And that you also know that the coach isn't on the hot seat. You've got a coach that's got some equity, that he's got a couple of years to struggle. He's not like on the last year where if it doesn't work out, he's going to be out, right? So all those situations, because you don't want to go to a place, you invest for a year, and then there's a coaching change in the offseason, and now you're hooked, right? So there's a few of those types of things 
that um, that may line itself up for him and uh, you know, and I think there's enough interest from even some of those teams that we've mentioned. I've had a chance to talk to some of the scouts in some of those places, and I, I think there's, you know, the, the term that was used to both myself and Dave Naylor talking to different NFL people was there's a strong market for Nathan right now. And I thought, I, I, I thought it was strong before he got hurt. I thought it had, it had muted a little bit, not eliminated, but just that it was down a bit. I'm surprised it's as strong as it is, but good for him. Yeah, it is good for him. Farhan Lalji joining us here from TSN, their outstanding sideline reporter, panelist, and of course does some play-by-play as well. All right, so this game, uh, five and a half last I saw, Winnipeg was uh, the favorite to win their third grade cup. But this na- this um, uh, Zach Kalaros thing, he didn't practice again today. Now, you know the game coaching for such a long time, and your son's a football player, so you know more than just an average reporter. But... Is this a bigger deal than than maybe what Winnipeg's making here? I, I kind of feel like it is. Well, look, I don't think the practice part's a big deal. I, I truly don't. And, you know, if it was the levels that you and I are used to being involved in, then, yeah, it would be, but not at this level because they've put in, you know, training camp included, like 24 weeks here, right? He knows what he needs to know, right? The game plan is what it is. He's hoping to practice tomorrow. But Zach's the type of guy that could, you know, have a couple of tosses in a pregame warm-up uh, at this stage of the season and be fine. So what's the state of the injury? They're certainly minimizing that. Everyone's saying he's 100% going to play. I don't think they would lie to that degree, uh, you know, and, and try to mislead to, to do whatever. But mm. um, I, I think he's going to be limited. Yeah, right? Like, like, look, the one thing that Zach has shown us, because when he first tore his ACL in Hamilton, you know, he was such an athletic quarterback before that. Now he has this situation. Then he is worried about concussions. So throughout all that time, he's not running. He's not escaping. He's not extending. Well, the last year and a half, he's really brought that back to his game, and he's extending. And when they, when they get off platform, no team in the Canadian Football League is as good as playing that way when they're off platform, right? And not saying like that work isn't as good, but just in terms of how that offense always seems to explode when he does it, right? Um, Dalton Schoen always gets open, right? Guys like that always get open for for Winnipeg. So I think the not having the ability to extend is going to be a problem. Do I think it's enough of a problem to pre- prevent them from winning? I don't, but I do think he's going to have a, a challenging time to, to stay alive, and that makes it easier for Toronto to know, to attempt to defend him and create a, a defensive game plan around that. And they've got a great defense, Farhan, and they can turn the football over. I think that's the key to victory for them. They've got to you know, maybe have a couple of short fields where they can uh, force a turnover or two and uh, you know, help their offense out that way. Yeah, look, they're going to have to find a way to steal some possessions, right? Like, Winnipeg is still the better team. But Toronto's got a good roster, right? The Mm -hmm. thing that's plagued Toronto all season is inconsistency. Some of that comes from coaching. Some of that comes from a quarterback who can rip it on any given day, but then throw a couple of picks on any given day. So um, they played their most consistent game last week. We'll see if they can carry it forward. But as I've said so many times, Winnipeg can win playing their B game. And even with... Zach Calero somewhat limited. I think they can still do enough to win because Zach didn't set the world on fire in last year's Western Final or the Grey Cup or last week against BC. And they still find ways to win those games. So, you know, I I don't think that'll prevent them. Last question for you. Prediction. Pro-Winnipeg crowd, pro-Toronto crowd, right down the middle. Pro-Toronto crowd. Well, you know, it depends on how many many Sask people sell their tickets, right? (laughs) Um, I think certainly Winnipeg is hoping that they can get tickets in the secondary market. And and I've heard the good seats are still holding at a really high value. But there are some, you know, end zone seats and higher seats that that might be a little bit cheaper. But I I think any Sask person that comes to the game is going to cheer for Toronto, right? 
Yeah. So yeah. it's just and that game was sold out earlier. It, it didn't come down to who got into it to sell it out. So I think it's going to be pro Toronto, to be honest. Okay, I got one more. What's your? This might be hard for you to answer. What's your favorite Grey Cup memory? Oh boy, that's a good question. My favorite Grey Cup memory. Can I doesn't go, have to well, be doesn't have to be as a reporter either. Could be as a young guy, a football fan, whatever. Oh, then it was Louie making the kick in 94 against Baltimore with the entire country cheering for the Lions because they didn't want Baltimore to win, uh, and they did win the following year. But, yeah, for sure, as a kid, it was in terms of games I've attended, and I wasn't a kid then, actually. That was my first year uh, as a journalist back in 1994. Yeah. So that one uh, was definitely my favorite because I still had a little bit of fandom left. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Were were you at the? Well, you were probably. Were you at that two thousand and nine one when the Rough Riders uh, blew it? Thirteenth man. Yeah. I was in the Rider sideline. Oh, yeah, I, I was in the Rider sideline. So, and, and I was thinking that, and it wasn't my favorite. It was my most memorable, but it wasn't my favorite because you just hated yeah. to see all of that happen to, to all those guys. There were a lot of guys in that team that I knew really well, and just to see them go through that and have that victory and have it torn away from them by, by something like that was was tough to watch, right? It was, it, you know, it was like the devastation was worse than the celebration. So uh, <laughs> that was tough for sure. That, that went from wedding to funeral in about 10 seconds, didn't it? Oh, my goodness. Did it, did it ever? And the, yeah. the lapo slamming of the headset will go down in infamy. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, Farhan, thanks for your time. Nice to see you last night. Enjoy the rest of the week, okay? Yeah, hopefully we'll see you in the next couple of days. I'm sure we will, bud. Oh, oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Farhan Lalji from TSN, who's joined us all here, and we're happy about that. When we come back, we'll hear from a couple of Rough Riders up for awards tonight, Dan Clark and Mario Alford. It's the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca, live from Ryderville on 620. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to Grey Cup 109 coverage on 620 CKRM. Brought to you by our good friends at Spreads.ca. We're hoping to hear from Pinball Clemens in a few minutes. Glenn Suter and Arash Madani before the show is wrapped up. If you're coming in here, make sure you grab one of our Grey Cup Festival lanyards. It's got our CKRM logo on it, our sister station, The Wolf, and our other sister station, Play 92 logo at the bottom. It's a really nice memento. And on the back, it's got a list of all the events for you. So you can have the app, but you can also have this. Got some great entertainment here all night tonight, tomorrow. Yeah, you can grab some. Go ahead, grab one. They're free. They're free. Nothing. They say nothing is free, but that is free. Okay? Uh, yeah, so anyway... We've got a couple of Rough Riders up for awards tonight over at the Conexus Art Centers. They hand out the CFL hardware. The Jake Gadar Award, Memorial Award, former Commissioner Jake Gadar. It um, is meant to honor the CFL player that represents what the military brings, which would be perseverance, courage, supporting and propping up your community and dan clark is in there running the great longtime rough rider center let's hear from him uh i look back on how long i've been with the rough riders and how long i've been with the cfl it would mean a lot it's i think it's accumulated over my years of playing with the club and uh representing you know not only the rough riders but the cfl um and has would possibly make a, a local kid's dream come true Especially for it to happen in your hometown. Yeah, you think about it, um, you know what, 
being from Saskatchewan and uh, having the province give me everything as a kid to allow me to succeed and put me in the place that I am today. Um, it has absolutely propelled me to where I am at and the ability that um, I hopefully can inspire one or two youth in our province that they can dream big and become you know, a possibility of who I am today. Have you seen examples of that as active as you are in the community and all the people you've interacted with? Have you seen that? Well, you look at Zer um, in BC. Um, I definitely noticed him as a kid. You know, unfortunately, when we'd have to go to appearances, I'd tell him to duck down because he's so much taller than me. But now he's with the BC Lions. Uh, you look at a lot of the Rams guys that have played and come through. Um, you look at guys like Levi Steinhauer that have been in our organization. Um, and now you have Logan Furlins that, uh, you know, come from the exact same program and have that ability to, you know, transpire into our uh, territory exam program through the CFL um, and it's it's great you hopefully just be a speck of a role model of that what they want it to be it's just a mentality uh, I've unfortunately I've been a mauler my entire career and you know sometimes that's detrimental but I no matter that opportunity I'm gonna attack any situation and put myself the best foot forward and including if that's a broken leg a car accident anything that could happen in that situation I'll always try to overcome that uh, that possibility I think I've shown the kids if you bet on yourself and you dream big every situation's possible and no matter what's put in front of you no matter what you know bumps in the road or how curvy that road is you can overcome it being Canadian Canadian football and how important it is to show how how popular the game is here and how much players love playing it yeah, uh, you look at the CFL. Uh, I've got a two-year, sorry, I got a f four-year-old son in ten days that puts on football gloves every day and throws a football for at least two hours. Up for him to play middle linebacker, but I got a little center in the making. And if we continue down the road that we are, we will continue to make every Canadian kid's dream come true, and that's playing the CFL. What's this week like for you? There's so many. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> it sucks. Are you kidding me? We're supposed to be playing in our own stadium. But uh, unfortunately, the season didn't go the way uh, that it should have went for us. Um, and it's about regrouping. And uh, I believe our organization has done a tremendous job from the footprint in the real district to our organization and putting best foot forward, you know, with us not being in it. And, you know, it's going to put on one of the best great cups that can happen. Welcome back to uh, Ryderville. Got a couple of texts. This from TC and Medicine Hat. Good Rider fan drives in for the games. Ballsy disappointed with O'Day and the Riders at 6-12. and 12. Let's go Argos. I agree. Let's go Argos. This from Jack. Dan Clark's anchored the worst offensive line in the league for the last two se uh, seasons. Quit pretending like he's something special. <laughs> Jack. Just because he's anchored that offensive line doesn't mean he's the problem. Is he the Dan Clark from four years ago? Of course not. Father Time catches us all. But he is special. He grinded from the Regina Thunder. They were trying to cut him for years, and he kept coming back. He kept coming back. When he was at the peak of his career, he signed a favorable deal for the team to stay here, taking less money and didn't take the Edmonton offer, and he's been great in the community. So, no, I disagree with you, Jack. He is special. That might be... And no disrespect. Well, I guess I am disrespecting you a bit, Jack. I, I appreciate you listening, but that's the dumb text of the day right there at 936-6262. When we, uh, oh, actually, first off, let's get to Mario Alford before we go to a break. A guy that got a new contract, and he's up for the big award tonight, the special teams player of the year. Oh, man, I'm excited to be back, man. And it was a lot of back and forth, and... We finally got it done, so I'm happy to be back in Rider Nation. You know the, you know the fans, man. You know we play for them, so um, just give them a show, and I think we got the best fan base in the league. So um, and uh, Dickie and um, Coach Major, their scheme for me, I think it's it worked perfect for my 
for my uh, style of play. So I, I like the way they draw up the game plan, and we discuss it during the week, and then we we make it happen. Oh, it means a lot, man. And um, I, I don't too much go into all that. I let you know the fans and the spectators, all that dictate all that stuff. So I I know my worth. I know what I can do. So, um, but I'm I'm excited to be nominated. So. What was it that made the contract come together so quickly after the season? Did they approach you? Did you say to them, I want to be back? Or what was the whole... No, they approached me, you know. Um, they they drew up an offer with my agent, and um, we countered, we kept countering offering. You know how it goes, especially when you want, you know what you deserve. So um, we came back with, with, a, with a number, and we got it done. So we met at the end. Did, did this just feel like a comfortable place right away? And if so, what made it so? Like I said, like I just told him, I think it's more so the scheme, the scheme, how they how they game plan and how they draw stuff up for me. And like I said, we discussed the game plan at the beginning of the week to uh, know our opponent and how we're going to run things. So they they real good at that. And um, they get me, they have me involved in everything. They. They say, Mario, do what you think about this. So I have a lot of say-so in that stuff, too. I should have phrased that better. I was referring to kind of Saskatchewan in general. Did you just feel like this was a really good place in terms of community? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I heard a lot of great things out here. It's a great football environment, as everybody knows. So I love it out here. Are you hoping that, you know, your fellow free agents for the Riders follow your suit and resign? And, you know, did you feel that you, that you had to take an initiative this sign quickly the, the other football suit? Um, I wouldn't say have initially to sign here quickly, but, you know, they, they offer me and, you know, when you got a good deal, you got a good deal. So I just think that, you know, it, it met our standards, met my agent, and um, it was right, and we went with it, and I wanted to play here, so. You're up for special teams player of the year, but are you hoping that you're going to be playing more offense in 2023? Well, you know, that's my hopes. It just depends on who the old coordinator is and stuff like that. We'll see. I really don't know too much on that stuff, so we'll see when that time comes. You know, our stadium is rocking. It's, it's nice, and I just think it's a fun place to play. Is this week sort of bittersweet for you? Because obviously you're up for this big award. It's a huge honor. There's two teams that aren't the Riders playing in your stadium right now. Yeah, it's it is bittersweet. You know, we we hope to be here just because we playing at home, but you know what happened? We got to rebuild, so um, we just gonna take it as a loss and um, kind of regain and refocus from here. And no matter what happened, we want to come back stronger next year. So, what do the Riders have to do to be in this game next year? Man, we just got win games, point blank period, just win. You had the four touchdowns, but you didn't play a full season. And you wondered, man, if I play 18 games, what's possible here? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate. In my past couple years, I was hurt, so um, really didn't get to show the lead what I what I could do in in a full 18 game season. So, out of 13 games, I'm um, I'm very happy with myself what I did. So I just want to try to stay healthy. You can't you can't control injuries, but you know, once I'm healthy, I feel like I'm 83. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to Ryderville. The party getting fired up here. Great Cup 109 Argos and the Blue Bombers. Our team's not in it, but we are still 
the heartland of football in the CFL. Uh, just waiting to get a hold of Glenn Suter. Apparently, Mike Pinball Clemens couldn't quite hook up with us, maybe before the end of the show after six of Rash Madani, but Glenn Suter will join us momentarily. But I got a real star on set with me now, Jackson Lynn. Now, I'll get to your football playing in a minute, but you're what, 20? Nin- uh, 19, 19 years old. 19? Yeah. Lifelong CFL fan? Yeah, which is which isn't lifelong. You're only 19, dude. No, it's not, it's not, you're not that old. So all of your family's from Saskatchewan except for you. Yeah, everybody. As soon as uh, my family moved to Alberta, I was born. Yeah, and but I'm still a Riders fan. I was born with the Riders jersey on. Awesome. So, so who's your favorite rider? Uh, lifelong. Yeah, like who's Weston Dressler? I love Dressler. Yeah. And what about from this year's team? Did you have anybody this like- year? Um. It's got to be Kyron Moore. Yeah, Kyron. I always liked that. He didn't play much, but yeah. I always liked watching him. So so you're n- number 19, well, number 82 in the Okanagan Sun. Yeah, yeah. You just want to, you just ripped our hearts out. I called yeah. that game on CKRM for the Regina Thunder, and you guys beat us. So tell us about that game, because it looked like you were gonna, you're down 15 nothing. It looked like you were going to lose. Yeah, we were down 15 nothing right before the second half, and uh, Kobe Mileto, number one, had yeah, a huge a catch. catch. Yeah. Huge catch in the first half, so it was great. But uh, we've always been a second-half team, and we always handled adversity well. So yeah, yeah you, uh, you yeah, he mossed that guy, and then uh, oh yeah, and then of course Mike O'Shea's son uh, made the catch for the touchdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, is Mike. that who you're cheering for now, the B- Bombers? Uh, mm-hmm. I've always been good friends with Osh, but yeah. I, I can't be a Bombers fan no. if I'm a Riders fan. You got to right? cheer for so, the Argos. No, I'm still cheering for the Green. Oh, you're cheering for the Green. That's yeah, good. We, we, we can win somehow. Yeah, so There's got to be a way. Well, we are going to win because here's what's going to happen. Let me explain to you, young fellow. The, the Blue Bombers are going to come here. They're fans. They're going to spend all their money here. Yeah. And then they're going to lose to the Argos. So the Riders win because they spent the money in our town exactly. for our team. We win. And then the Argos win. Yeah. Everybody's happy, right? Yeah. Except for your buddy Osh and his dad. Yeah. Hey? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. So what got you into football? Like, why do you love football? Um. Well, just watching it growing up, and my brother always played, so that was yeah. definitely a big role model for me. And yeah. The the team chemistry behind football is pretty amazing. Yeah, and I awesome. think that's that's why I love football the most. Yeah. Why do you love the CFL besides the fact maybe your parents turned you on to it? Uh, it's Canadian football. I'm a Canadian kid, so you got to support Canadian football, right? Yeah, I, but but you're 19, and that's the I'm, I'm happy to see you here. I'm happy you care about it. Yeah. Um, how do we get more young guys and girls like you into the game? I think uh, things like this. Yeah, I think it needs to be shown more and more people see it and hopefully they come out more. Have you seen the digital zone out there? That's pretty cool with yeah, all the video games yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's awesome, yeah. man. Well, congratulations on the Canadian Bowl. Yeah, thank you. Awesome coming down here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Yeah, have a good one. Great, great talking to you. All right, that's Jackson Lynn of the Okanagan Sun, Grand Prairie, Alberta, and he's wearing a Rough Rider jersey, number 23, but it says Lynn, not Linecaster. It's awesome. Okay, so do we have Glenn Suter there, Colson? We got Glenn Suter, so let us uh, hit the intro for Glenn Suter. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter, he runs it out of time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. By the way, I got corrected by my program director and it's not the first time he's corrected me because he always does. His name's Abby White. He drove me uh, to uh, 
Saskatoon yesterday to bring the Grey Cup, and we almost died, but he did a great job keeping the truck on the road. He told me it's Jake Godor, not Godar. Jake Godor is part of his family, and it's not Godard's Godor. So it's the Jake Godor Memorial Award. Dan Clark is in the running for it. We hope he does win it. And I'm joined by a guy that is big into the military and uh, and what that award stands for, Glenn Suter. That is a very prestigious award. We talk MOP, Rookie of the Year, all these type of things, but that is a very prestigious award. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and one that, um, you know, I think... When you, when you think about what the award is all about and to, to really honor the men and women that uh, have fought for our country and paid the ultimate sacrifice or are continuing to serve our country, you know, in hot spots and different war zones around the world, and they're still out there, as you know. So it's just, um, it, it's, it's the player that best represents that, you know, our, our Canadian heroes. And that's to persevere, the camaraderie, and and um, you know being a great brother and teammate to your team, but also excellent in the community. You know, and you have to be mentally and physically tough and strong. And you know, it's uh, it's a great a great list of candidates, and Dan Clark's one of them. It well deserved. Canadian Glenn Suter back in the day getting ready for his first Grey Cup in 1989. I, I, I think of like a Josh Haggerty, a Haggerty. We talked about that earlier. A Canadian guy, local guy, playing here in home turf. But on a Thursday of a Grey Cup, how much was Glenn laying in his uh, hotel room or sitting in his free moments going through the game already on a Thursday before a Sunday? Yeah, I, I, I basically have adopted the same, you know, basic plan that I had as a player, as a broadcaster, which was to stay in, um, you know, just have your meals, do the team meetings, and then spend your time visualizing, spend your time going through video, spend your time going through all your checklists, all the plays, making sure you know everybody's position. And you can adjust or make adjustments on the fly if need be. You know, I've, o- I've always thought that I, I could, you know, I- I'm going to mess up like everybody else. And I'm going to make mistakes like everybody else. And I know that's going to happen, whether I'm a player or a broadcaster. But I, I w- really wouldn't be able to forgive myself if I looked in the mirror after a game that I didn't do my best and think, you know what, you just you didn't concentrate. You weren't prepared. You didn't, you partied too much. I, I love the party, and I'm living vicariously through all of you <laughs> because I'd love to be out there sharing a beverage. But I just I can't do it because I, if I mess up and I look in the mirror after working all week and being as prepared as I could be, I can live with that. If I mess up after partying all week, I don't know if I could. I just that would just kill me. I I just hate that. So I uh, I avoid it, man. I lock down and stay in the bunker. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good, man. Very professional. Okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, I brought it up with Julio Caravana. He thinks it is a big deal. Farhan Lalji and others think it's not that big a deal. We're into week, or uh, game, sorry, practice number two of Grey Cup week, and Zach Kalaros has not practiced. He says he'll be fine. He'll start the Grey Cup. Is that a smoke screen? Is this worse than the Bombers are letting on? How do you feel? Yeah, I talked to Zach today. I had a good talk with him. And, uh, you know, again, he's being very careful not to talk about, you know, his injury and, and how severe it is. Uh, but 
I, you know, I'll paraphrase here because I, I don't remember the direct quotes back and forth, but our conversation basically went down the road of you're going to play, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I said to him as, as we were walking towards the meeting room, I said, you know, I know a lot of people are asking you and I'm not sure if I should, but you know, what's the, what's the percentages or how are you feeling? And he said, he kind of, he kind of looked and Matt Dunnigan was right there too. And he kind of looked and said, uh, would you guys play? Like you guys would play, right? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we would. <laughs> so it was kind of like, and, and I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly how it went down, but it just, I think he's going to play. Michael, I, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to start. Uh, how restricted he is will remain to be seen. We'll see that in the first couple of series. Um, they they may have to, you know, run their offense slightly differently if it's bothering him early on, uh, depending on what they have to do to prepare him to get out there. I don't think he has to practice, honestly. I, I've said this about Ricky Ray. I've said this about veteran quarterbacks continually. I did it with Mark Tressman was not even dressing his star quarterback, Anthony Calvillo, in training camp sometimes. He wouldn't even put him in pads. He'd say, no, I'm not going to take the risk of getting this guy, of having this guy injure a hand or twist his ankle in a practice. Um, you know, and the risk-reward isn't, isn't there. That, that ratio isn't there. So he said, you know, I know he will prepare mentally. There won't be rust because he missed a couple of practices leading into this big game. Uh, Zach Kolaros will be ready. He'll be ready to play, and I think he's going to start. That's Glenn Suter, the first part of press coverage. When we come back, I want to talk about these award winners. I don't want predictions. I just want some comments on some of these guys up for awards tonight. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620. I did way. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to Ryderville, the only sports talk show that's on site for Grey Cup 109. Michael Ball here, Sports Cage brought to you by Spreads.ca. We continue our conversation on the Western Pizza Hotline. It's press coverage with the Canadian Football Hall of Famer, Glenn Suter. Going to be honored at the Football Reporters Breakfast on Sunday, which I will be attending. I told Daryl Davis I'm getting my union dues, and I'll be become a union member, so I can't wait to see that. It's going to be a great time, Glenn. Uh, you know, I was snickering when you were talking about uh, Zach Kalaros, and, you know, he asked you guys, would, uh, would you play? And, of course, I know you're, you're tough in your own right, and you would play. Matt Dunnigan in the 1991 Grey Cup had a broken... He played through a broken collarbone. Nuts! Yeah, exactly. And we talked about that. And it was... It was yeah, yeah, we're playing. Yeah, we're going to do everything possible. And, you know, I Zach was walking around, by the way, today without any cast on, and he wasn't limping, or he didn't have a boot on, or anything like that. So... Uh, he looked like he was very comfortable walking around. I know that's different than actually out there playing in the cold, but um, I, he's he's playing. I, I think he's playing. No no question about it. I love uh, – and I'll give a shout-out to Three Down Nation. They uh, have the story, but obviously the audio has been running everywhere. McLeod Bethel Thompson, who finally won a playoff game, an American who's bounced around the NFL and other leagues, fierce advocate for the CFL, uh, 
kind of took shot at the commissioner and saying how we don't really have leadership at the top and how we don't promote the game very much and, and not as well as we should. This is a great league. Kind of like we've always talked about, Glenn. thought it was nice to see an American really defend this league. And, you know, Wes Cates, who's been on our broadcast, and you know him well, from mm-hmm. uh, from Columbus, said, you know, I, I, I never figured out why the – CFL fans, why Canadian fans want to give up their league? It's something unique. It's something different. Yeah, it's it's different, and the rules are outstanding. And the rules are partly what makes it so good. I mean, the we talked about the last three minutes and how dramatic that can be, and how many times it happened this year. The Canadian content, giving not protecting Canadian jobs, but giving opportunities for Canadians to showcase their talent and their talent is as good as any in the world so it's you know i i also talked to mcleod bethel thompson today and i actually said to him you know good for you on the on the post game interview in the eastern final when you talked to claire hannah and you said you know the the league office has got to do better it's got to do better with a positive message because it's not as we've talked about many times it's not making it up or fake news it's this this is a fast top-notch professional football league that is exciting in your backyard is affordable and you can cheer for your team and your province i mean there's you know you heard michael o'shea and his answer to the question what do you like most about the canadian football league and michael shea said the first thing he said come out of his mouth was i i like the rules i love the canadiana i love the uh homegrown talent and that the Americans come up, and not only do they learn to love our game, but they learn to love our country. That, in a nutshell, and there, there's full stop right there, full stop. Well, and you know, I, I echo that. You see, you see what he says here, McLeod Bethel Thompson. They pump it in there. They're constantly conversing, talking about, and pumping the league. When there's a seven-six game or a ten-six game in the NFL, they talk about how great the defense played. That's what they talk about. That's their focus because they know that they're protecting a brand. They're making a culture. It's something what you always said. If we're if we're selling Pepsi, why do we acknowledge Coke? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. you know, he's he's promoting the league. You got to promote the league. You got to pump the uh, pump the positives. And this is this setup here, Ryderville, everything under one roof. I know you're not out seeing it, Glenn, per se. But th- if they could, if the CFL could take cameras around and then make some sort of, I don't want to say documentary, but some sort of advertisement showing about the, you know, Grey Cup week, this is what it's all about. It would really catch the attention of some people. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think we have to be reactive and, and wait till a game goes 42-40 and then talk about it being a great game. I think we can do it when it's a 7-6 game. We can yep. talk about what's great about those games. We can talk about, you know, a one pos- a 7-6 game means it was one possession, a two-point game in the final three minutes. Both teams probably got the ball two or three times each in that final three minutes. That's that's pure live sports drama. And I just, I, I believe over my time in the league, and it's not just this league office, I'm not just pointing the finger at them, it's, you know, administrations before them and, and how we allow the narrative to continue to grow when it's this, you know, kick our own product kind of narrative. And I just think it's time to stop. It's time to just enjoy what we have, love it for what it is, which is a fantastic league with great players. 
All right, speaking of that, the awards go down tonight. I'm not asking you to tell me who you think is going to win, but a comment on a couple of these guys. First, the MOPs. We talked about him uh, uh, a few days ago. Eugene Lewis. I mean, you want to talk CFL, NFL, that guy's an NFL-like receiver. And Zach Kalaros, I mean, he has been an unbelievable story the last three, four seasons. I don't think I don't think there's any question who wins this. I think it'll be Zach, and um, you know that doesn't take anything away from Eugene Lewis's fantastic season and just how dominant he has been at times. You know, even in the East Final, they they were running basically every play package they had that featured Eugene Lewis either as a main target or a or a decoy that was pulling coverage away from other other teammates. But I just think. Zach and his story and going for the three-peat. Quarterback versus receiver, almost always quarterback. Yeah. So uh, the Canadian one's going to be interesting because Nathan Rourke had a fabulous nine games and Curly Gittins Jr. was the best receiver on a pretty good receiving core in Toronto. Yeah, I I think Curly Gittins has, has really emerged as a superstar in the league. Having said that, uh, whether it was nine, 12, 15, whatever, Nathan Rourke was the best Canadian in, in the league. And for his first nine games, he was the best quarterback in the league. And that's saying something when the MOP candidate that we just talked about is, is probably going to win the MOP. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah. that, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Okay. A couple more minutes left with you, Glenn. Offensive lineman. I, we don't talk about him much. Brandon Revenberg, pretty solid in Hamilton. You want to talk about stability, solid, and excellence over an entire career. How about Stanley Bryan of Winnipeg? Yeah, the only guy to be nominated five times or be a finalist in a in a, any award five times in the Canadian Football League, Stanley Bryant is the only guy. And uh you know, when you compare the position and the degree of difficulty with a tackle as opposed to a guard, uh, again, taking nothing away from the importance of, of your guard, but uh, if you're playing tackle, you're on that island with the best pass rushers in the game coming after you play after play, so you know where I would be leaning there. In a passing league, this is one of the big reasons the Bombers are here. How do we replace Lawler? How do we replace Lawler? Well, they did it with a guy by the name of Dalton Schoen, rookie of the year against Tyson Philpott, who had a great year in Montreal. I mean, Schoen's going to win that one, but what a great find mm-hmm. by the Blue Bombers. Yeah, they, they found a way. I mean, that's, that's what you want to do. That's what Calgary has done. The successful teams that are in the fight every year make sure they have, you know, they. I think – Great GMs, they'll look at their roster and not even look at the starters. I mean, the starters, they should be good already. What you're looking at is the guys behind them. If this guy goes down, who's up next? If we lose this guy in free agent, who's up next? So you have to have that pipeline. Uh, yeah, Dalton Schoen. Tyson Philpott and his brother Jalen have a massive upside. I can't wait to follow their careers. Yeah. But Dalton Schoen, is the, that's, that is the lock of the night right there. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. The last one, I'll leave it a rider. Mario Alford, just the fifth player to return a kickoff return, a punt return, a missed field goal return for a touchdown in CFL history in the same season against the guy who supplanted him in Montreal, Chandler Worthy. But what's interesting is Alfred isn't an all-star, but he's the nominee out of the West. I think for that reason, Worthy probably wins it, but Alfred should. Yeah, I don't know if um, one is related to the other. I mean, it just, you, you know, you... I don't. I don't think when when the voters went to make this call, they went, "Well, who was the all star?" I, I know I didn't. 
I just picked my my who I thought was the worthy candidate to be the finalist. But um, this what this category to me is the toughest to call. But Mario had the bigger second half of the season to me. Like he he had those big explosive plays you know, in the final few games of the year and, and really changed sort of gave, gave the riders a, a chance really in a lot of games. So that might influence the voters, but this is a straight toss up in that category. Yeah. Glenn, thanks for your time, man. I might catch up with you tomorrow. We'll see how things shake down, but have yourself a good night. Okay, Glenn. Thank you, Michael. Take care. That's Glenn Suter press coverage here on the sports cage coming up after six, our buddy in person, Arash Madani here from Ryderville. This is the sports cage for spreads.ca on 620c3.com. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Sports Cage on 620CKRM. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Ah, yes, and a special edition of Coast to Coast brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing at Smart Investing Solutions, pardon me, 546-2533. We spent money on everything else, Arash. There's not enough lighting here. Lighting in here. I'll tell you what, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you, Ballsy. In person, and we're going to hang out with Brian Golly a little later on for supper. We're looking forward to that. It's going to be great to break bread with the uh, sponsor of this. Hey, you're here. What great cup is this for you now? This is number 15. One five, not five zero. Yeah, so one is that, five. Is that all in a row? Uh, I missed nineteen, and that's the only one I've missed. So a guy who could have gone to the World Cup, but things just didn't work out. This is a nice, uh, this is a nice fallback. Oh, plan. it's amazing. Uh, here's the irony: the first one I, I worked, yeah, um, was two thousand and four. I was oh, yeah. working for the Ottawa Renegades, yeah, and out of nowhere. The Toronto Argonauts showed up. Pinball Clemens was on the sideline. And nobody really expected the Argos to beat Dave Dickinson, Casey Printers, and the BC Lions. Jason Claremont. Jason Claremont was the most outstanding Canadian in yeah. a loss. Yeah. And the Argos won that Grey Cup, and they've won a couple of Grey Cups since. And they shouldn't have won any of those Grey Cups. And now they're back in a Grey Cup. And I'm like... And Pinball's here again. <laughs> Pinball's here again. And I don't think they should win this one. But... Uh, hey! So I brought this up a few times, yep. and I'm bringing this up again. Dinwiddie in 07 makes his first start in a Grey Cup. Because Kevin Glenn broke his arm. Maybe sure. it's a different outcome. Riders win that game. Ryan Dinwiddie's here on the sidelines against the Bomber team with a banged-up starting quarterback. Maybe it works in his favor this time. Okay, so, I mean, this has been the, the story of the week. Yeah. I think Zach's going to play. Yeah. I think Zach's going to play well. I don't think the ankle's going to bother him that much. I think the bigger factor is going to be the actual field, the playing surface. I was looking at some things today, Ballsy. Like, when you think about players, quarterbacks in pro football period, who are mobile, not running quarterbacks, but can roll to their right, stretch the field, extend the play, right. and then fire the ball downfield. Turn a four-second play into an eight-second play. You think of Patrick Mahomes, you yeah. think of Josh Allen, you think of Lamar Jackson, you used to think of Russell Wilson. Zach Caleros 
is that guy for the Winnipeg Blue for the CFL? He's like the I like when I was watching. I, I think I had the call this year in the Labor Day Classic. He's like that itch on your back that you just can't scratch. You're almost going to get it, but you can't get it. He's very much like a guy you just mentioned in 2004. Maybe a little more mobile than Dave Dickinson, but Dave Dickinson was a little undersized guy, but he could he could move around. He had that pocket presence like, you know, oh, he got him. Oh, no, he just slipped out and made the, pla- uh, the pass. So Zach has completed 60% of his passes while under pressure, escaping the pocket. Mm. He's got a 6-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio when under pressure, escaping the pocket. His passer rating is over 118 when he's flushed out. This is a dude who can improvise. This is a dude who can stretch out a defense. My question is, in the snow, in the ice, in in these sketchy conditions, field conditions, can he continue to do that? I think that's the game within the game of this. Uh, no, it's a good point. And I was looking at it. I didn't look today, but what yesterday I saw it was supposed to be minus one with uh, sunny sky at, at kickoff. So I'm just looking here on Sunday, a high of zero. Right. High of zero uh, and an overnight low. They don't say, but it's probably about minus five, minus six. For November, it, it's, it, it's, it's good. It's eerily similar to 2013 when it was a crappy week of weather, even colder back then. The Great Cup Sunday was like somebody turned a heater on over the field. So who's Corey Sheets? Is it Andrew Harris? Or is it Andrew Harris's understudy, Brady Oliveira? Uh, uh, I tell you what, man. Nobody's given that Toronto Argonauts defense enough credit. They can make plays. And I will say this. I'm not saying this from the voice of the Riders. The Bombers are the preeminent franchise. Sure. But they are not the 78-82 to 82 Eskimos. They're endeavoring to be the first team to three-peat since then. Those Eskimo teams saved for 81 when they almost choked Ottawa in the okay. Great Cup. They destroyed everybody. Like they, cru- I went to games here when the Eskimos rolled into town. I was just happy the Riders finished within 14 points. Okay? Right. Winnipeg might be the best three-minute team in the league, but they're not blowing any dudes out. Like it's, they they are not a dominating dynasty. Let's put it that way. Okay, but let me counterpoint to you. Yeah. The the most dominant dynasty of the NFL of the last 25 years, obviously New England. Yeah. The one year they blew everybody out to smithereens was the year they went undefeated in the regular season. They ended up losing to the Giants, 17-14. David Tyree. Yeah. But they just maneuvered their way through games and played situational football on their way to championships. Like, to me, it's not not about style points. Yeah. It's about, you know, Mark Tressman, if, if anything I'll remember about Mark Tressman, when they won their first championship, engraved on the ring yep. is 57 plus 3. Yep. That the CFL game is not 60 minutes. There's 57 minutes, but then the last three minutes of the game, the clock's different, everything's different. It's how you play the three that's going to win you or lose you a championship. And both of these teams are equal in wins uh, in the last three minutes. Eight. Eight yes. of their wins are each in the last three minutes. So it could come down. Like, every Grey Cup here, too, in Regina has not has lacked drama. Now, the Ryder one winning on home turf. 
you know, it was dramatic because of what happened, but sure. it, there was no drama after about midway through the second quarter. Um, the drama came when Henry fumbled the ball yeah, and, Kent, and Kent's head exploded. Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. right, right. Uh, you had uh, the Calgary-Baltimore one. There was drama because would the, sure. would the game even be played because it was windy, and then it was America-Canada part two, and America won that one, the only one they won. And the other one, Montreal-Edmonton wasn't, wasn't it wasn't ex- it was exciting but not dramatic. Sure. This one has the potential I think to be a lot closer than people are going to give credit for. Let me give you a name that's kind of under the radar. Okay. That my prediction for most outstanding Canadian if the Argos win. Okay. Royce Mechie. Okay. You're saying who's Royce Mechie? You know, guy in his mid 20s from yeah. University of Guelph. I was talking to Caleros today. I said, how much do they disguise? And he looked at me and said, it's Mechie, man. He said, he's he's so athletic. He's so dynamic. He can move so many different ways. He can make you think you're seeing something that you're not. And if they're going to try and fool Zach into thinking they're in a certain coverage or he's going to break to a certain receiver, he's athletic enough. Remember, his brothers yeah. went to Alabama, picked the yeah. Texans. That Mechie can be the guy to come chase it down. Last time the Argos won, Matt Black... Nobody yep. had him in the pool to make yep. the game-winning interception, but he did. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Royce Mechie has in store. Josh Bell's their DP coach. Corey Mace, their defensive coordinator. Two dudes who played against Caleros. Yeah, it, you know, not that long ago. Well, and they they can take the football away. They they sure def- can. They, they're going to have to steal a couple of possessions in this game for sure. You, you said to yourself, "Wow, how do the Bombers overcome the loss of Lawler?" Well, tonight on the old award sheet, we're seeing yes. how Dalton Show. What a great find! What a great story for Winnipeg. Dalton Show, and another great story, Stanley Bryant. Like, let's be honest, on the offensive line, it's a car accident on every play. If I remember correctly, he hasn't missed a start as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Had a chance to chat with Brian today. And, and, like, I don't want to get into recency bias and hyperbole. Yeah. But I put Stanley Bryant right there with Azuma OKK as the best offensive lineman I have seen in this league in the last 25 or 30 years. Yeah. He is awesome. Here's what's, like, we talk about Zach rolling to his right. Think of the confidence Zach has having Brian as your left tackle when you know your blind side is protected. So I can I can go do that and know that nobody's going to be chasing me down. Is this going to be Andrew Harris's last game? I don't think so. Um, I spoke with Andrew today. Just became a dad again. Yep. Eight days ago. Um, I think there's some fire in Andrew Harris still. Andrew Harris is a very well compensated player. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some financial reasons why Andrew Harris would return. The question becomes, what's the market for Andrew Harris, um, and does he have anything waiting for him? We didn't get into life after football, um, but I still think there's there's a little bit of gas left in that tank, and I think Andrew might go explore it. How about uh, the law firm McLeod Bethel Thompson? Uh, chat with McLeod today, yeah. too. Because you I, were talking about that a few weeks ago. So uh, I actually recorded the conversation. We had a 12-minute conversation. We talked about fatherhood. Yeah. We talked about football. We talked about the churn of the NFL. We talked about his wife, who is now a head writer for uh, Marvel TV series. McLeod's wife and daughter, 
Uh, she turns two in early December. Yeah. They are in Atlanta right now. They're remodeling their house in L.A. right now. McLeod's playing in Toronto right now. McLeod wants to keep playing, but his point is sometimes life gets in the way. His Look, he right now, and, and he said this, and I believe him, he said, all I'm thinking about is Sunday. I have to have my tunnel focus on Sunday. We have, you know, a bunch of time left after to figure out what we're going to do. He loves football, wants to be involved in football. I think he really wants to be a quarterback in football, but sometimes life gets in the way. Very interesting. Is his family here for the game? They're coming up. Oh, awesome. Okay, we'll get to some more of uh, the Grey Cup talk and the spirit of the Grey Cup with Arash Madani. It's a live coast-to-coast. By live, I mean in person here at Ryderville for spreads.ca on 620. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Into our last segment, the second half of Coast to Coast with the outstanding Sportsnet reporter, friend of the show, Rash Vidani, who's live covering his 15th Grey Cup live here in Ryderville. Um, I forgot where I wanted to go with this. Oh, yeah, so let's... Uh, Let's talk about the spirits. Yes, that you see here today. I wish we could. I wish every CFL center could have this fifty percent of the flavor and the spirit because this league would be for sure on its on a rocket ship. Palsy, I have to tell you, and you and I have spoken about this, you know, at, at length. Like I really love Grey Cup. Yep. Let me just preface it that way. Yeah. It is one of my favorite events to cover. I enjoy coming to it every year. Yeah. And as great as it is, the celebration, the Canadiana, people come year after year. I have to tell you. Yep. I enjoyed Labor Day in Regina more than Grey Cup. Really? I don't. I, and I think the even re- when you work for the bombers, even when I work for because I could separate it. Yeah. And what I appreciate so much about it is the rivalry. Yeah. What I appreciate so much about it is I'll never forget the Friday afternoon walking around the Cornwall Center. Yep. And everyone was in green. Everyone. Everyone in the mall. And look, you expect things like this for a championship week, for a Final Four if you're into college basketball, for a Rose Bowl if you're into football, whatever. All-Star Games for hockey and basketball. This is a gathering, a national gathering, and it's wonderful. But man, those Ryder fans love to hate the Bomber fans. And the Bomber fans love to hate the Ryder fans. And yet, they all get along until kickoff. Yeah, and that's what I've said about this league, and I said it earlier on the show. As much as we're against each other in the true sense of competition, in a nine-team league where one foot is always on solid ground and the other one hanging over the cliff, sure. we're in it together too. Like I, for year, my favorite, my second favorite team, my favorite team here, sure. my second favorite team is always the BC Lions. I just okay. love the the Walds, uh, Fernandez, Swerve yeah, and Mervin, baby. Although, yeah, you know John Henry White, whatever. But then it was always the next team that was going to fold. And that's <laughs> I know it sounds bad. Yeah. So, as much as we're against each other, we're all in it together, too. And that's what I like about the CFL. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, and I want to ask you, because you've been... I had Farhan on earlier, yeah. but you've been to Super Bowls. You've been other and other things. But between sure. the Super Bowl and the Grey Cup, just explain the difference. Yeah, like, so, 
here's the deal with the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is so corporate. Yeah. It is not a fan-driven event. If you're a sponsor of the NFL, if you're Pepsi, if you're Samsung, if you're whatever the beer sponsor yeah. is that year, the pizza sponsor that year, all the doors open for you. All the, you know, we, we went to a... Uh, Pepsi party one year, yeah, and there's Harry Styles and Lizzo performing, which yeah. is a big deal, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but if but as a fan, you're not getting access to that, and we only got access to it um, because a guy we used to work with was part of their marketing yeah, campaign. Yeah. So it is very detached, right? Whereas here. There are people who just want to interact. They want to know your story. They want to put their arm around you and talk about, hey, you remember that play? Hey, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Hey, how was your season? And uh, the best way I can explain the difference, honestly, <laughs> especially with what's gone on over the last number of years, I find Grey Cup is very Canadian and Super Bowl is very American. Good way to put it. Okay, so uh, favorite Grey Cup memory in the fifth. This is your 15th, so the 14th previous that you covered. I can't tell you. You're going to get mad at me. No, tell me. So, <laughs> I'm standing in the end zone at McMahon Stadium uh -huh. in a holding area. Yeah. And I see the kick miss, but then I see the flag go up. And my heart sank. Yeah. Not because I was rooting for anybody. My heart sank not because of anything other than that's not the way a game, a championship, a season needs to end. Yeah. And I immediately, because of where the flag was thrown, I immediately knew it was too many men. Yeah. Um, that was one of them. Another one, Andrew Buckley. I'll never understand. Oh, yeah. Dave on the end around. Um, Abdul Kane making the uh, yeah. the ankle tackle, and Ottawa ends up winning the Grey Cup because Dave just outthought himself on that one. All right, so here we're short on time. You tell me how you see this one playing out, and who you think is going to win this game. I I believe that Winnipeg will win. I believe Winnipeg has a really good defense. I believe in Brady Oliveira. I think, he, you know, I talked to him today. He said, I, it took me, if, you know, a couple of months to learn it's not about going east-west. It's about attacking north-south. I think Winnipeg's just got a groove and a mojo going. I'm not concerned about Zach's ankle. And I just think they're the superior team to Toronto. Who's the most outstanding player in the game? You told me the Canadian, under the radar Canadian. I go all of If the Bombers win, I go Oliveira. Um, if the most, I think Dalton Sean is just this, this magical season. I see him catching a couple of touchdowns from Zach, a couple of deep balls. The one thing about Winnipeg's defense, they don't allow the home run the yeah. home run ball. Yeah. And I don't see that changing in this game. I got the Argos 28-23. Nice. But I'm I'm a I love the Riders. So the perfect scenario for us here in Saskatchewan is the Manitobans come here, spend all their money and lose the Grey Cup game. <laughs> to Toronto, who really it's not like it's a Winnipeg Calgary Grey Cup where we hate both the teams. Toronto Argonauts are like the Buffalo Sabres in the NHL. They're there. If they win, great. If they lose, well, big deal. Here's my hot take, by the way, because I know we gotta wrap yeah, up yeah, for the offseason. Yeah, yeah. The new vice president of marketing for the Canadian Football League. Bo Levi Mitchell, because he's going to do more single-handedly yes. by going to free agency to keep the CFL in the news and in the conversation, have the water cooler conversation of where Bo's going than anything 
or anybody the league office has. Uh, Bo's going to be the story we're going to talk about, not just into the new year, not just into February, I bet into March. I bet into supper tonight when we go. I like it. <laughs> All right. We're going to be uh, here tomorrow at Ryderville with lots of great guests live, and then uh, we'll be partying into Sunday, the Grey Cup. You've been listening to the Sports Cage brought to you by Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.